Well, in the past years, I've always kind of declared the month of January as the kind of Norwegian month, and uh, so I've kind of started a tradition, and sometimes I think about uh, abandoning that tradition, but then somebody says, well, are we going to hear any more of these Oli and Lena jokes, okay? So anyhow, again, uh, kind of backed by popular demand, we'll have a few Oli and Lena jokes, jokes this uh, month of January. And those of you who are kind of new here at Harvest, uh, I am from a Norwegian background, so uh, these jokes, uh, these Oli and Lena jokes are kind of a ethnic uh, humor, you know, kind of making fun of uh, those Norwegians, Oli and Lena, and also a good friend named Sven. Uh, they're, they're just a little slow, okay? Okay, uh, all the dogs are not barking in their uh, dog house and so forth, or the elevator doesn't go clear to the top with Oli and Lena and so forth. So I'm just giving a little background as to these Oli and Lena jokes so that uh, when they come your way, you can uh, say, okay, uh, I get it, or I don't get it, or I see where Pastor Brian gets his humor or whatever, okay? So anyhow, the month of uh, January, we'll do, look at some Oli and Lena jokes together. That's how we'll begin our time. But uh, then we'll quickly uh, abandon that and move on to something more important, such as God's Word. And so there is no spiritual significance to these jokes at all. Okay, it's just uh, if they tickle your funny bone, that's what we want. And so here's the first one as we kick off January here. Uh, Ole said to Sven, his good friend Sven, he said, uh, you know, Sven, this old wooden leg of mine pained me something awful last night. Uh, Sven, he was kind of confused, and he says, well, how can a wooden leg pain you? And Oli replied, well, Lena hit me over the head with it. So anyhow. Okay, so now you're getting initiated into this, and you understand Norwegian humor, all right? Well, this morning we are beginning a new series of messages. Uh, we're starting a new series, and it's going to be in the book of Second Peter. So uh, just to kind of give you a heads up, we'll be looking at Second Peter. We'll be working through those verses, uh, working through it chapter by chapter. And so today is the beginning of that study. And uh, if you have uh, looking for something to read during your quiet time or whatever during the week, I'd encourage you to begin working through Second Peter. Just take a chapter a day or just a few verses, however you'd like to divide it up. But uh, spend some time in Second Peter. It'll just uh, enhance your worship time, uh, your study time each Sunday morning as you come to church. So that's my encouragement to you. So again, we are starting a new series, a series of messages on the book of Second Peter. And uh, as we begin, uh, I want to share with you a theme verse, if you will, for Second Peter. In fact, it is a theme verse for First Peter. So in Second Peter, chapter three, verse uh, verse one. Uh, Peter writes why he wrote the book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter. So this is his theme verse. This is why he wrote these particular epistles, if you will. And so we're going to look at that verse together. So here's why Peter, the author of these books, why he wrote 1 Peter and, for us, concerns 2 Peter. So here's what it says. Peter says, I have written both of them, 1 Peter as well as 2 Peter, as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Okay? So that is the purpose of 1 Peter and 2 Peter. So Peter wrote these books, wrote these 
epistles in order to stimulate the believers, such as yourself, to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. That's why these books were written. Now, the word that is translated wholesome thinking there in verse 1 of chapter 3 uh, is an interesting word. Let me just share some thoughts. Now, the Greek word for um, wholesome thinking is literally this word, or these words. It's sun judged, okay? When we talk about sun, we're talking about the bright sphere in the sky, sun judged. So that's what that Greek word literally means. We translate it in English as wholesome thinking, but, but the literal Greek meaning mean is sun judged, sun judged. Now here's why that's important. There was an early practice in biblical time, uh, an early practice where they would mask imperfections in pottery by using wax, okay? So if that particular piece of pottery had a flaw, a crack in there, they would uh, try to mask it by using wax. Now, in order to expose those imperfections, a person would take that piece of pottery and hold it up to the sun, okay? And the brightness of the sun would reveal the imperfections in that piece of pottery. So, Peter is saying to us as believers, he says, I wrote these particular books, I wrote them so that I could stimulate you to wholesome thinking. In other words, I wanted you to have the kind of thinking, this sun-judged thinking, where you would be able to put up an item, put up a thought, put up a situation to God's word, the light, and you would be able to determine if it is flawed, okay, if there is some inconsistencies in it. So that is why Peter wrote these epistles. He wants us to have wholesome thinking. He wants us to be uh, free of flaws and imperfections that has been covered by wax, and that wax could be anything in this world. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about that. But that is the reasoning for writing this letter. He wants us to uh, be stimulated to wholesome thinking. Okay? So he's helping the believer uncover faulty thoughts and to cultivate wholesome thinking. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about the subject of spiritual success. Okay, that's going to be our topic this morning. And uh, we want to, we ask the question, what constitutes spiritual success? Uh, what elements, what principles uh, can I implement in my life that will help me live a spiritual life successfully. What are those elements? What are those principles? And we're going to look at those because they come to us there from 2 Peter chapter 1. So that's where we're going, all right? And there are six fundamental principles that need to occupy our thoughts. Remember, Peter says, I'm writing this book to stimulate you to wholesome thinking, all right? And so our success as a believer is dependent upon how we think, Okay? So we have to think the right things in order to experience success in our spiritual life. And so we're going to unearth, we're going to reveal those principles that will help us do that. But before we get into those principles, what I would like to do is I would like you to view a video. Uh, it's a FedEx parody. Remember the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? Well, here's kind of a spoof on it. And there's some reason behind it. Take a look and let's watch this video together. 
Hi. Hi. I was marooned on an island for five years with this package. And I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx. That's very admirable. Thank you. Hey, well, by the way, what's in the package? Nothing really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You keep up the good work. All right. Our passage of study this morning, and we'll get back to the video. Our passage of study as we begin this journey together in 2 Peter is 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. I invite you to look at it in your copy of God's Word if you have it with you. If not, uh, just fix your eyes on the screen up here up front. But here's what uh, we'll be looking at this morning. Here's how we begin with 2 Peter. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Well, here ends the reading of that segment at this time. Well, in the FedEx uh, video, uh, this particular employee who had delivered this box uh, if he would have opened that box as he was uh, isolated on that island, if he would have opened that box, his life, no doubt, would have been drastically different, okay? Well, this morning, we as a body of believers, we are going to open up the FedEx package, if you will, figuratively speaking. We're going to open up the package and the package that we have, of course, is God's Word. But let's go back to that verse, uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 3. And th this is the package. This is the FedEx package, if you will. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So what we see here in verse 3 is we have the FedEx package, all right? We have the FedEx package. But oftentimes, we live as if we've been marooned on this earth without any kind of spiritual guidance. But the fact of the matter is, God said, I have given you a package, and it's a divine package. And it's a divine package that will equip you to experience life and godliness all right so we have the package let's open the package let's see what the contents are because the contents of this package will bring you spiritual success so having said that let's go and take a look what's in the package in the package number one 
Remember, we're talking about spiritual success. We have to have the proper thinking. Remember again, Peter's reason for writing. He says, I want to stimulate you guys into wholesome thinking. Okay, I want you to think properly. Now, proper thinking is going to affect how you live spiritually. And so in verses 1 through 4, we have six principles that we need to incorporate into our thinking that will enable us and help us to live successfully as followers of Jesus Christ. So let's look at it. Here's number one. Number one, uh, it begins with a knowledge of a person. Your spiritual success begins with a knowledge of a person, all right? And that person, of course, is Jesus Christ. We need to know Jesus Christ in order to, spirit, to experience spiritual success. Look with me at verses 1 through 2. And we've read these already, but let's revisit them. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now what I want to focus upon in those first two verses uh, is the is an essential element regarding your salvation. And they come from verses 1 and 2. What I want you to understand, this essential element is this. You are saved because of Christ's righteousness. Okay, You are saved because of Jesus' righteousness. Titus 3.5 says, He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Now, this is an essential and important element that we need to have knowledge about because there are so many out there who feel that they will be in heaven with Jesus because of the good things they have done or are doing. Okay? That's called a works-based salvation. And a works-based salvation is completely contrary to what God has designed. Our only value, our only acceptance comes through the fact of what Jesus Christ has done. It's all Jesus. And so when God the Father looks at us, he first looks through the lens of Jesus. All right? He first looks through the lens of Jesus. Uh, a pair of sunglasses that I thoroughly enjoy and wear, you've seen them advertised on, on TV. Uh, they're, they're polarized and they have an amber lens. And one of the things it does, this amber polarized lens, it, it makes things a little bit more brilliant, a little bit more brighter. And so when you're cruising down interstate or down the highway, the greens look even greener, Okay. That's what these sunglasses do. I share that to kind of focus your thoughts on the fact when God looks down at us, he looks through the lens of Jesus Christ. And he sees people who are even better than they are. Why? Because he's looking through Jesus. So it's Jesus' righteousness, not our good deeds, not the things we may do or have done. Those things don't cut it. It's what Jesus has done. And it's our faith in what Jesus has done for us that gives us a standing before God. So our 
Spiritual success all begins with the person, having a proper understanding of what Jesus Christ has done for each one of us. Moving on to uh, number two. Number two, we need, in order to experience spiritual success in our life, uh, here's number two. It's in the box, and we're opening the box. Number two is we need to have a knowledge of the truth. We need to have knowledge of the truth. So what is the truth? Okay, well, here, here's the truth. It was expressed in verse 3. Let's read it once again. The truth is this. God's divine power has given you everything you need for a life, for life and godliness through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. Okay? That's the truth. God has given you everything. And here's where that FedEx commercial comes in. If the FedEx man, again, if he would have opened up that box, he would have had a different life, all right? Well, this morning, we are opening that box, all right? And we've pulled out two items from that box, a box that will help us navigate through life. Number one coming out of that box was we need to know the right person, okay? That's where it all begins. We need to know the right person person, and that is Jesus Christ when it comes to salvation. The second item that we have extracted from that box is truth, all right? We need to govern our lives. We need to build our lives on truth, on truth. That is the second one, and the truth is this. We're equipped. We have the satellite phone. We have the fishing pole. We have the packet of seeds. We have it all so that we can live successfully as followers of Jesus Christ. That is the truth. That's what he's given us, all right? So number two is we need to have a knowledge of the truth. Number three, the third item that we pull out of this box is that we have to have a knowledge of promises, okay? Promises. Again, going back to the theme of Second Peter. Peter says, I have written these words so that I might stimulate you Stir up in you wholesome thinking. So our success is based on how we think, and, uh, and our thinking is influenced by the person we know, by the truth we embrace, as well as the promises that we accept. And that's number three. Our success is based on the knowledge of the promises. Uh, looking at verse 4 of, of Second Peter there, chapter 1. Uh, he says in verse 4, Through these... And, of course, that is Jesus' glory and his goodness. Through those things, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So, another, so in other words, because Jesus wanted to bring glory to himself, and because he's just a super, super good God, all right, he gave us some promises. And these promises will help us live the Christian life. So that leads us to ask, okay, what is this promise that he has given us or promises? Well, we're going to focus just on one promise. And this promise I want to focus on because I feel it's essential to our success spiritually. And here's the promise. The promise is this. He has given each of us, each of you, the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's your promise. God says, I'm going to give you something, and it's the Holy Spirit. Um, John chapter 16 says this, and these are Jesus' words. He says, but I tell you the truth. 
it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, uh, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And of course, the counselor is the Holy Spirit. Romans says this, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. So there are many promises that God has given. We could look at numerous promises, but the one I wanted to highlight here at this point is the fact that He has given you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will impact your life. In fact, the Holy Spirit will empower you to live successfully as a follower of Jesus Christ. So that is one of the promises, the promises of the Holy Spirit. Number four, as we reach into the box, we extract this. We need to have a knowledge of the change. So that word that you're filling in is change. We need to have a knowledge of the change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. Okay? So, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we have been changed. You have been changed because of your faith. Right? 2 Peter, again, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Okay, through these, okay, his glory and his goodness, he has given us very great and precious promises, one promise Already we focused on the Holy Spirit. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature. All right? See that? Divine nature. Spiritual success is rooted in the fact that you are a new creation. God has done a work in you. All right? When he came into your life, you received the Holy Spirit, which will empower you to live successfully. And what Peter's saying, he says, you have received a divine nature, okay? You have God living in you, and that's good news because that's what equips and empowers us to be successful spiritually, okay? So we need to have a knowledge of the change. We have been changed, and therefore we need to live in light of that or in knowing that we've been changed, all right? Number five. As we reach into the box, we pull out this spiritual truth, a, a truth that is to occupy our thoughts, and it's this. Uh, we, need, we need to have proper knowledge of the world. We need to have proper knowledge of the world. Returning to verse 4, we have received promises, uh, a divine nature, he told us, why have we received these promises and this divine nature? He says in verse 4 there, in order to escape the corruption of the world. All right? So we have been equipped so that we can escape the corruption of the world. Uh, now, we need to define world. What does he mean to escape the corruption of the world? Well, the, typically when, uh, not all the time, but depends on the context how that word is used but here we're talking about world in the sense of we're referring to that system of beliefs that's prevalent in our society in our world that is contrary to God okay 
So when we speak of the world, we're talking about that philosophy, that way of thinking that goes against God's principles. So that's the world. And so our spiritual success depends on us having that proper understanding of what the world's all about. So success is obtained as worldly thinking is avoided. We want to avoid worldly thinking. Now let me uh, see if I'll bring out some ideas of worldly thinking. And what I want to do is I want to use this prayer that was uh, given by uh, Pastor Joe Wright. I believe it was back in like 1999. Uh, he was invited to pray for the Kansas Senate as the Senate was kicking off their new session. And so they invited Pastor Joe Wright in, and he prayed this prayer. And this prayer pretty much, I guess, at that time you wouldn't say went viral, but uh, it, it, it started going really, you know, going out into people. So uh, Paul Harvey, those of you who remember Paul Harvey, he put it on his broadcast and stuff like that because it had some, aw some awesome things it said. But this prayer, what I want to do is I want to read part of this prayer for you, and this prayer is going to reveal worldly thinking, all right? That system of beliefs that the world is propagating that we need to be aware of. Remember, because our success as Christians depends on having an understanding of the world. So here's, here's his prayer. He goes like this. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask for your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says, woe to those who call evil good but that is exactly what we have done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We confess that, and here we're going to see the worldly thoughts. We confess that we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. So this is a confession. He says, we have ridiculed your truth, Jesus, and, and what we have done, we've called it pluralism. Now, pluralism is, uh, means there is no absolute authority, okay? And we as followers of Christ will say, there is absolute authority. We have it right here. But the world will say, ah, 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 there's no absolute authority. My thoughts are just as valid as your thoughts because they're based on the Koran or they're based on my grandma, you know, Grandma Charlotte, whoever her name is. I do have a Grandma Charlotte, by the way, Charlotte. So anyhow. But that's, uh, anyhow, so we say, well, there's more than one truth. Uh, that's what the world will say. Okay, pressing on, he says. Pastor Joe says, we have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. Okay, so with multiculturalism, minority groups get equal treatment. Remember how we're going that way? Minority groups get equal treatment. So we've worshipped other gods and we call it multiculturalism. Uh, he says we have endorsed perversion and called it alternative lifestyle. Okay, you catching the world philosophy here? That system of beliefs? Uh, he says we have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. Uh, we have killed our unborn, and we've called it choice. We have abused power, and we called it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom 
of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. And he wraps up his prayer by saying, Guide and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us to the center of your will. And it's in the name of the living Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So again, that, that particular prayer was prayed uh, before the uh, Kansas Senate back about in 1999, I believe it was. And of course, it caught on really quick and uh, made numerous programs, uh, radio programs, and also really got the hackles up on a lot of people too. But from that prayer, we get a very good glimpse of what the world system of beliefs is all about. You know, we call perversion alternative lifestyle. We call the elimination of the unborn personal choice. And it goes on and on. So that's what we're up against. Now, your spiritual success as a follower of Jesus Christ uh, comes through recognizing that way of thinking. Um, so be on your toes when you uh, encounter the world. Well, that brings us to number six. Okay, we're opening up the FedEx box, if you will, and... Uh, We've been marooned for many years, but here's the final item that we pull out of this box. Uh, again, back to verse 4. Uh, we need to have a proper knowledge of self, okay? Your success as a follower of Jesus, your spiritual success, uh, hinges on having a proper understanding of you, of yourself, all right? So back to verse 4, we've received God's promises. Um, we received a new nature, remember, a divine nature that will help us in escaping the world's system of beliefs. Uh, and then as he ends verse 4, he says, also he says these truths. I've given these truths and this new divine nature to escape the corruption in the world. Okay, we understood the world now. Escape the corruption of the world caused by, and here's the self, evil desires. So, uh, your spiritual success, mine as well, it, it hinges on having a proper understanding of who we are, ourselves. Okay? A knowledge of self will help you achieve spiritual success. Galatians 5 says this, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want to do. In fact, that sounds like the Apostle Paul's. In fact, it is the Apostle Paul's words. Remember back in Romans chapter 7, Paul's talking about his sinful nature. He says, the very thing I hate, I end up doing. Okay? And the thing that I want to do, I don't do it. Okay, that's our self, all right? I will never talk about so-and-so in a bad, bad way, we'll say. And what do you know? The flesh kicks in, and so we, we're talking about so-and-so, right? We do that, don't we? You know? Oh, I, you know, I'm, money's not my God, you know? I can control that. Then we're asked to give a donation to something that's really important, 
Man, it's like pulling teeth, and nobody likes to pull teeth, right? So we reveal, our heart is revealed, you know, we're, we're not generous, we're selfish, okay? So your success as a follower of Jesus depends on having a proper understanding of who you really are. Now, it is true if you have Christ in your life, okay, you have that promise of the Holy Spirit, and you're guiding your life by truth and everything, some wonderful things are taking place. But this stuff, this flesh, man, we carry it with us until we depart this world. And so we're always in a battle. And so we need to be under, understand that. We need to you know, realize that as we fight, as we fight. Well, I was uh, listening to um, Casting Crowns, and uh, in that one song, Courageous, you were, uh, you were made to be courageous. That song is pretty awesome. Uh, there's one, one line in there that caught my attention. I thought it really applicable to this morning. He says, in the war of my mind, I will make my stand. Again, from the song Courageous. In the war of my mind, I will make my stand. Okay? Peter says, I have written First and Second Peter in order to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. You see, in the war of my mind, I will take my stand. Because proper thinking, having proper knowledge, contributes to your success as you follow Jesus Christ. And from First Peter here, or excuse me, from Second Peter, um, chapter 2, verse 1, we've gleaned, we've pulled out six items from that package, that package that was delivered. And this is available to all of us. Number one, our success depends on the right knowledge, the right person, knowledge of the right person. Number two, we need to have knowledge of the truth right here. That's going to equip us and help us in our success. We need to have knowledge of the promises. God has given us some promises, and we need to bank on them. And of course, the one promise that we covered was the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within you. 1 Corinthians says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you got God's presence in you. And that will assist you in living a successful Christian life. Uh, we also need to have knowledge of the change. Okay, We are new creations. We do have the divine nature of God. Peter talks about it. You have the nature, divine nature of God. So you are different than the world. You are because of Christ living in you. And because of that change, uh, we also need to Number five was we need to have a good understanding of the world. Again, the world was that system of beliefs, uh, those philosophies that are contrary to what God has shared with us and his truth. That was number five. And then lastly, number six, your success, you know, hinges on having a proper understanding of who you really are. And, uh, you know, most of us are a hero in our own eyes. That's how we think. We need to get beyond that and say, you know what? The only reason I have a chance, the only reason I, ha I am somebody is because of Jesus Christ, his righteousness and what he has done for me. And uh, because of what Christ has done and our faith in his completed and perfect work, through that faith we have life everlasting. We have power to be successful. We've been changed because of God's Holy Spirit. All right, And he's given truth that will direct us and guide us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, um, we just thank you for your words. Lord, uh, 
you have not uh, put us on this earth, I guess this island, if you will, we're not marooned here without anything. Rather, God, uh, we have a package, and we've opened it, Lord, and you have given us everything that we need. Your divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Heavenly Father, may we, as your representatives, apply, tap into, use what has been pulled from that box. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end. You are dismissed.